0: Hello and welcome to the 60th episode of the RevOps Show. Can you believe it? I, I'm a little speechless. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um. Wow, we made it to 60, guys. I feel like every time we reach another 10 episodes, I just get more and more excited the closer we get to episode 100. But today is not about the fact that it is the 60th episode. Today, Doug and Jess are talking about data architecture and data structure and how this is a new game. And... They just get into how you should be structuring your data and why that's important and how everything kind of forms once you have this piece together. So today you get to hear a little bit behind the curtain to how we at Lyft think about this and look out for a future episode where we get into the actual technical standpoint. So with that in mind, let's get ready to RevOps and get into the show. <music>
1: Jess,
2: oh wow! I don't even know what to do with that, Doug. <laughs> yes, the curveball worked. <laughs>
1: and, and by the way, for those of you that that don't watch on video, I, I I realize that on one hand it's just you know headshots on video, but Jess's facial expressions at all times are are a show amongst themselves. So people are really people missing are missing
2: out. people are missing out if they're not watching on video. I mean, yeah, I don't it, know what to it, say.
1: Um. <laughs> You know, the only thing that prevents you from putting Jim Carrey to shame for facial expressions and contortions is that he does them on purpose and yours are just natural.
2: It's a talent. What can I say? What can I say?
1: But but for those of you not watching on video, as, as the intro music was playing, I took a deep breath so that Jess would be ready for uh, – and, then, so it and then it didn't happen. And then it worked. It worked. <laughs> I did. My, my day is done.
2: Yep, you can you can take the rest of the day off, Doug. With that one, you might you be know, able to take the rest of the week off. In fact,
1: you know, you've gotten frustrated at me a couple times in the last six or so weeks, and I just want to remind you that that on, I think it was like March twenty eighth, I suggested that I take this quarter off.
2: You did, you did, and, and, and I you chose. Said no. I, yeah, I chose not to take you up on that offer. It's um, true. So it's my fault is what you're saying. The fact that you frustrate me is my fault
1: <laughs> i I'm failing to see where was there confusion <laughs> could could there be any other could there be any other way
2: no no other possibilities okay, yeah, that's fair that's fair
1: i I will tell you, Jess it is um it is a i don't know even how to describe the experience with the world and 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 all the concerns and everything going on and then what's you know the, the the momentum that we're dealing with but then also like there's just it's um it how can it be so energy creating and depriving at the same time
2: <laughs> you've described it well i, I it's do like you know, know
1: there's an old phrase i think I know. I know. Bart Sim- Simpson used to say the term a lot. I don't remember if he gave the whole term, which is "you violate the laws of," you know, "until I met you," um, or something. You met. You violate the laws of physics. You both suck and blow at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's uh, it 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 is it is very interesting. And remember, as we oh god, gosh, it was you know, momentum's a really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's really powerful. But it's also it's so easy to to lose control. Yep. Like it, it, it's like a spinning top. It's a whirling, a whirling dervish, if you will.
2: I've never heard that term before. That's a new one for me.
1: You never heard whirling dervish? That's uh, no. Well, luckily I said spinning top first,
2: so you had. You did. So that I know what that is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what was it? Probably about a year or so ago. Maybe even a little bit more than that. As you know, things started getting really translated. Like our team really started growing and, and we talked about the traditional, uh, framework of, you know, forming, storming, norming, performing. Yep. And, and we would always get that question. So are, are we in the storming phase or have we gotten through the storming phase? And it's like, um, not we yet haven't entered it. <laughs> we haven't entered the, uh, the storming phase. Um, so, uh, I think it's safe to say that we've, we've, um, we've entered the storming phase.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Though I, I think that people on the show don't get to hear the way like, we don't really talk about, I mean, we, we mentioned comments about what's going on at Lyft from time to time, but it, it, it's so much fun when, when, you know, late in the day and we're just shooting the shit and we're talking about history, et cetera. Remember when, remember when that client, you know, ended, ended the program and, you thought you needed to go check the help one and ads. Um, although remember, you've never actually been you'd never been there. It's you, no. you maybe didn't realize it, but you weren't you weren't going anywhere. Um if in January twenty twenty mm-hmm. I told you that things were gonna unfold as they've unfolded for the last three years. Three and a half years. Mm-hmm. I don't would you have expected that the that the delivery of what we're doing is as strong as it is?
2: Probably not. No.
1: How many hours a week would you have thought you'd be working, taking care of <laughs> crises and emergencies?
2: Oh my god! I mean, because I'm not because that was way worse then. Like so.
1: And 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 remember remember one of the things I told you back then was part of the problem is is that we're building a machine designed for greater velocity, so that as we pick up that speed. Yep. It, those things won't magnify. Those things will actually reduce.
2: Yep. I remember. I didn't believe you, but I remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, 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 and look, you know, there's plenty for us to improve. There's, there's more driving me crazy than, but, and and, and it, it's actually funny because I think that I don't think like we don't really deal with crises. We don't really have a lot of crises.
2: No, no,
1: I'm, I'm not saying we've never had a crisis, but, but we've never had, we certainly have not, we've certainly never had an organizational, you know, all hands, 17 people working through actually, we haven't had 17 people working through because for most of the time we haven't had 17 people.
2: Yeah. I was going to say not 17 people when we, when we were smaller, we had more of that, but I think it was, I think it was more of a stretch from a you know, source standpoint than anything else.
1: The The closest thing that I remember in the last couple of years was just as an integration was going to go live, the client um, expressed the realization of something that they hadn't communicated and it wouldn't work and we had to get it. And so we've, we've, we've stretched some dev yeah. things sometimes there, but, but, and again, even there, like it was, it was, it was intense, but it wasn't a crisis. And, and and so the funny thing about that is, I when you haven't experienced a crisis, non crisis become crises, right? And 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 so again, that's a yeah. fascinating. Um,
2: well, and you know, I come from I worked for an animation firm for a while, so I'm familiar with crunch and and all of that. And and hey, you have a like
1: bachelor's of animation, don't you?
2: I do. I do.
1: Oh, I just made that up. I didn't know that I was right.
2: <laughs> I have a I have a bachelor's fine arts with a focus in animation. So there you go.
1: So, so, you know, my daughter graduated college. And one of the things that, um, when I went to school and I guess small schools do this more frequently that you can kind of craft your own major. When I, when I went to Shepherd, they called it interdisciplinary, inner disi- interdisciplinary studies. So yep. I was originally going to kind of build a journalism, a sports journalism major. Oh, okay. Um, then I saw what sports journalists got paid and the hours they had to work. And I said, you know, sales sounds pretty good right now. S-
2: same, same.
1: Um, <laughs> So uh, Dylan, my daughter, graduated with a um, Bachelor of Science. So she double majored. I mean, half, half the school. I, I don't. These kids. I don't. <laughs> very impressive. I don't understand them. But so she has a, um, a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Arts. So she got.
2: Oh, really? Okay. Sudha I didn't Boe. realize that. Okay.
1: But so this was the first year that the school graduated somebody with a Bachelor of Fine Arts. I didn't know that that was a thing. And, and the funny thing is. You know, obviously, I'd seen your resume, etc., or your LinkedIn <laughs> profile. I never noticed BFA. Um, and the funniest thing is, so, so like they have as they're conferring the whatever. You know, all people with you know bachelor stand up, all bachelor of arts stand up, all BFA, you know, bachelor of fine arts. One person stood up. and It was somebody who had who had crafted their own major. Um, so it was the first bachelor of fine arts. One person. That was pretty funny. So sorry, That's you were saying cool. animation. Were
2: no, so I was saying because I worked at the animation firm, I know what crunch time is. I know what crunch time feels like. And so like like being up against that wire. It's like like we we are not in that level of intensity, which I kind of like certainly we've had periods like that with the dev team, but not not to the extent of what I've experienced there.
1: And you know, it's, it's it it is interesting cuz I used to always ask, how can we avoid crunch time? What do I have to do to prevent crunch time? Yeah. And I finally realized, and, and that's when I think all, all all kinds of things started improving. That you don't avoid crunch time. There's always crunch time. Like that. that that's why deadlines matter. You didn't know what I was going to talk about opening up the conversation today. I did not. I'm not saying that I knew what I was going to talk about opening up the conversation today. But <clears throat> and I think you're gonna I think you're gonna be impressed by this because I'm going to connect the opening to our topic today. Okay. Um, which is something we rarely do. Yep. Right. We typically open, talk about something completely unrelated to anything that any reasonable person listening would care about. But you know what? That's what makes us the top reverend show on Spotify. Exactly. Um, so what is our topic today, Jess?
2: We're going to talk about data structure and architecture and the right approach to defining it.
1: And you know why I think we've had the experience that we've had? the earlier conversation, why we've been able to,
2: because of our structure.
1: Well, we, we've always focused on structure and system, but actually yep. the way we thought about data, what we're going to talk about today is we've always had a focus on data structure, mm-hmm. data architecture. And I say this because it's easy for people to forget. Everything is data. I mean, I right. love talking to people you know, I've talked, I've talked to people in companies that you know, we're data driven. We're, we're data obsessed. Um, and then I'm like, well, why'd you do that? Well, because we have this quantitative metric. I'm like, yeah, but you can't, met- well, well, we're, I'm sorry, Doug, but we're data driven. What would you have yeah. us do? It's
2: yeah. like,
1: well, well, qualitative, that- that's data too, right? Yep. Um, and and so, you know, the attention that we pay, and and I mean, you know, candidly, the obsessive attention that we pay to it. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of lay some, I'm going to lay down something and then you start digging in, And that is, you know, an underpinning of the RevOps show. I think is CRM implementation we don't talk about CRM implementation all the time right but but in a modern organization of, of any reasonable size with any attempt for growth your you know your CRM is your central nervous system yep by the way I want to say something very clear to anybody that is listening anyone who says we don't have a CRM I hate to tell you this you you are wrong you everybody has a CRM Theoret- I mean, the closest to not having a CRM is you have absolutely positively nothing about customers in writing. I would make the argument in that case, your mind is your CRM. But, you know, I've had people say, no, we don't have a CRM. We, we use spreadsheets. Okay, cool. So Excel is your CRM. Yep. Yep. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Everyone has their own spreadsheet. Okay. So you have 17, CR- but you still have CRM. So CRM yep. is your um, is your central nervous system. It It, it translates thoughts into actions feeds back actions back to thoughts it's responsible for mind body connection etc and 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 so data architecture and data structure is the game that is the game and and when you're when you're seeing friction especially when you're seeing friction where every action you take to address it doesn't seem to improve anything and and any improvement may just be like, okay, well, I put my finger over that hole, so it stopped bleeding out of that hole, but it just created another hole that it's bleeding yep. from, right? Like, you you have to go back to let's look at our data architecture and our data structure. And I'm I'm even as we you know even as we are working with with companies that have more advanced, more sophisticated systems in place, more sophisticated people in place, I am surprised how counterintuitive how foreign that idea is that that there's this thought of okay we've got it set up and now we're done so so yep data architecture data structure that is the game so um so if you say anything about crm being a game changer then it has to change your data like it has to like put you in a different universe like we're now dealing with um quantum data or or something i don't know
2: yeah so i think i want to i want to start with you know can you describe kind of our approach, our take on how we how we look at, at data architecture and and like maybe how that's unique?
1: Give give, give me the question behind the question because I'm worried in answering that I'm going to skip so many steps that I'm going to just.
2: Yeah, so it's it's kind of like where where do where do we start? So if we have so you, so you talked about we talk around implementation a lot. That's usually what we're doing. So we if we have a an implementation. A, a CRM okay. implementation, like how do, how do we start to unpack defined data architecture?
1: So one of my recent mantras, you notice, I don't say, I don't talk about the plot as much anymore. I don't mention plot, plot, plot as much anymore. My recent mantra, when we talk about CRM is it's not about the CRM. And, and of course it's all about the CRM, but right. in being all about the CRM, it's not at all about the CRM. So, so the first thing is our approach, data, data architecture and structure is the game. It's not about data.
2: Because it's about the structure and architecture?
1: No. Okay. It's about the motion. It's about the motion. Jess, at Lyft, we live by Prime Directive. I don't know if you're <laughs> familiar with this or not. But the business <laughs> process must drive. The business motion. Let let I think I would use business motion except it doesn't – it's not specific enough. Because process, people get lost too much in process and they think, yeah. oh, well, I have a Lucid chart that says – Lead starts here and then moves to here and see that's my um, I've mapped my process. No, you have. That's not that. That is sub process. That is linear process. What we're talking about is the motion. the The first mistake that happens, and let's just let, let's just reference this in in this you know database. A CRM is a database. What we're talking about here, you know, gets gets operationalized in a database. The database exists to serve the organization to serve the job,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the job doesn't exist to serve the data or the database. And and so the first thing that we're doing is we're understanding what is the job? What are the mm-hmm. motions and who are the players? So there's, there's an old um, book about,
2: mean, there's a
1: psych, a, a psychology element and, and um, behavioral piece and, and, it, and it, I mean, the way I remember it, I know this is not right, but the way I remember it um, is what hat are you wearing, right? And and, and I remember I I, I took a, actually, this might've been where I learned I took, a, um, I took a course from Franklin Covey because I got back in the day when, you know, we used to carry around those inch and a half inch binders. That was our calendar. It, it was so that you could only, you could only carry a month or two with you at a time. Um, and, and they talked about, roles and they said, you know, your role, a role is like a hat. And, and so you're, you're a father, you're a mother, you're a CEO, you're a salesperson, you're a sailor, you're a this, you're a that. And, and sometimes you're wearing multiple hats, but typically you're changing your hats and, 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 and your hats aren't linear,
0: right?
1: Yep. You're, and, and, and like this, this is why, you know, for a while, people were really surprised because Facebook was a really effective paid channel for B2B. Yep. Right. And, and, and the reason was Facebook worked because the ad came actually out of expectation. So that's why it was able to stand out until everyone said, oh, wow, Facebook is really good for this. And they all ran to, and, and, and and it became a waste, but, but the way that you crafted your ad needed to be different because I might be on Facebook at 2 PM, by the way, I'm not on Facebook in, probably what three years now. Yeah. Uh, I might be on Facebook at 2 PM. So I'm in my business hours. I'm at my office. Right. But I'm not wearing my work hat when I'm on Facebook. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so my hat shifts. So I'm, I'm still the same person, Mm -hmm. but I'm a different entity. It's a different mindset. It's a different framework. And so when we talk about who are the players, that's what I'm talking about with You know, there's a tendency that, that we think of, okay, this is a contact. A contact is a person. The person is always the same. So the data structure is we have a type called contacts. It might be a table. It might be um, an object. It might be just a, a field or a property. Right. You know, it's a segmentation. But we, okay, so they're a person all the time. So anything that's person, that that's that's the entity. But But I'm a partner sometimes. I'm a customer sometimes and I could be the same person. I could be, I could be a partner with you and I could be a customer with you. Yep. Um, I, I kind of laugh because one of the most common questions we get when, when we share modern CRM with companies that, that aren't really used to it is they go, you know, we talk about life cycles and they go, okay, so well, they're a customer, but, but then what, what do we do to the life cycle? If there's another opportunity for us, Right to, to sell and 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 so in in that case what you have is um I had I could be a non customer opportunity non customer new opportunity mm-hmm. I could be a customer new opportunity yeah like so, so the way I look at it when when you're going to market is are you looking you know new customer new business yep existing customer new business mm-hmm. existing customer existing business yeah right those are all those are three different players, Mm -hmm. right? Now this doesn't mean that you, I I need to have a table for, you know, each one of those three, but it means that when when you're talking about motions and you're talking about players, it's, you you, you need to understand and identify at any given time, here are the players. Um, Are are you familiar with um, IMDB's x-ray? You you get it Mm -hmm. on um, prime video. No, no. So you know um Amazon bought um Internet Movie Database. Yeah. And and they built it into um they built it into their Prime Video. So with most of the shows or movies that that they're showing, I can click the information button and what will come up is which actors are in the scene right now. Not like here's the seven stars, but right now Stanley oh, Tucci and Angela Dickinson, God, I'm going like really old school. Um, and, and by the way, if there's music playing, what the song is and, and it's oh. what's in there right now. And, yeah. and 30 seconds later, a new person comes on screen. That person shows up. All right. And then that person. And, and so like that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the players as you're going through the motions is yeah. is who's in there, who's not. It, it really is like you're drawing up a play. Right. And, you know, in football and, you know, sometimes this wide receiver is just running a dummy route. They're they're not in consideration. This, like, these are the seven active players. These are the three active players on, on this play. This is what's happening Um, in basketball. It's the rotation. And, and, and by the way, I might go from being this player, (coughs) this position, if you will, like my position might be, let me call it role. I'm this player. I'm this position, which is, wide receiver, uh, but I'm in this role, which could be um, blocker or, or, or could be, you know, sometimes the way they run these routes is the person is responsible for getting to a point because it's the differential from where that person is that determines where the act of play, you know, the intended recipient, like all these things are going on that, that enable highly orchestrated, highly complex movements to be adjusted and, and to work in real time. Yep. So, so like that's a lot of what we're talking. So before we're even thinking about the database before we're thinking about what's our entity relationship diagram. And, and I, and I laugh and I like to make fun of ERDs because yep. it's like the first question we ask is, you know, we, we, we talk to somebody in it or we talk to somebody data oriented. It's like, well, where's the ERD? We talk about uh integration. Well, yeah. Well, show me your ERD. And it's like, well, well, wait a second. Tell me, Tell me, what what motion, what job is this integration supporting? Yeah, yeah. And then the answer is, well, it varies. Yeah. And then the resp- its like the intent, like the expected response to it varies—is okay. Well, then okay. let's let's skip that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Right. My, fa- my and, favorite, my and- favorite question is like, how is this used? And I get, well, that depends. <laughs> yeah, and and you know. It,
1: we we were looking at an integration that had been spec with, with a lot of complexity. I think it was like seven to ten points of, of of integration in in four to five table objects. And and once we got into what the motion was, right, because the first answer was it depends. Right. And and this, and this could be happening, that could be happening, this could be happening, that could be happening. But when we actually got into what is the motion that this is supporting, what we found was it never varies. It right, was a right. very straightforward, and it became, oh, you know, so it went from a, a let's just say, nine point with, with four, you know, eight of the points being bidirectional, one of them being unidirectional, to a single unit, you know, to a one point solution. Simplified the whole thing, took away errors, um, allowed system X to do what system X does system Y to do what system Y does and all of the noise of system X and system Y to which, which matters to the people who rely on those systems. Mm-hmm. It prevented all of those things from happening. So, so before we even start, you know, before we even say contacts, companies, right. deals, we go, we go, what's a deal. Right. Um, And, and so that's, that's where it starts.
2: Yeah. That, and I would that's even, that's the
1: beginning of the difference.
2: Yeah. And I would even say we go as, So far as to like, like so specifically HubSpot. When we implement HubSpot, you're always going to have contacts, companies, and deals in there. We may not always be using them, but we define what those mean in that in that specific instance. Like deals may not always be sales opportunities, like in the traditional sense. Yeah. And and so we, and and so I would say too is like defining defining those items, even your quote unquote standard objects, is important.
1: So my favorite little custom trick that we do here is that sometimes when we're dealing with a company for how they do deal with deals, their deals are part of a very broad quote. And so there's components within the deal that, that make up the deal. And, and it's not an all or none proposition. It's not even necessarily um, all at the same time. Right. And so sometimes the deal is the, is the parent of the subsets. Right. And sometimes it's the child. It's the subset of the parent. We, we almost always go to a, um, account or locations type relationship. Sometimes the company is the parent. Sometimes it's the child of the custom object. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, And, 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 and here's where it comes to play. And this, this isn't, this isn't going to sound as relevant a, as it is. And B, um, I mean, it, 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 so it's not unusual for, for real estate companies now to be using more typical CRM. Though, yeah. though it's still true that the vast majority of real estate companies are very frustrated with their CRM. And, and, and the reason for it is if you're in a real estate business, if you're in a real estate vertical, with some exceptions, you are an asset-centric business. Your, your business model is asset-centric. And so you don't think about people. You think about property. You think about yep. locations. You think about assets, and 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 by the way, one of the other things about real estate that that's interesting is a the demand tends to be structural, but b the demand is finite. What I mean by that is, if I'm selling a license on software, I have infinite supply.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, technically, I could come up against bandwidth, but that's that's just a few bucks to AWS. In in manufacturing, there. There's inventory, but like, you know, the new iPhone's coming out. There's, there was a supply chain interruption. There's a shortage of inventory. Okay. But what's happening behind that is they're ramping up production. And, and by the way, when Apple does it, it's nine times out of 10, it's by design. So that they're, they're, they're building actual scarcity in. You can't just ramp up properties, right? right. So, so there is a very limited place. And, and by the way, I go and look at, you know, I'm a home builder. I've got this lot. It's a corner lot with the woods in the back. Once someone buys that lot, theoretically that floor plan might still exist, but that lot doesn't exist anymore. Right. And and so that lot is what drives the revenue. But I could have 17 people considering that lot. Yep. I could have legitimately 17 deals. Mm -hmm. So I look in my, uh, CRM and I go, Oh my God, we got seven. Let me look at that. Our... Right. I can sell one. Right. Um, here's another thing I've got. I've got the Cardinals family and they're looking at property a mm-hmm. and property B. they are two deals.
2: Right. It We're
1: is really highly unlikely. And by the way, if you do buy both, please let me know. Cause that means clearly <laughs> comp has gotten out of hand. <laughs> right. So so that's asset centric. Now, right. now, the difficulty is that, you know, what, what, what has happened with that is that you, everything got built for real estate based on the asset. Yep. So I only saw demand assets. So 17 people were interested in, I couldn't see what the relationship was. And by the way, it was such a bad customer experience because I would go to, you know the same builder to their other property or a property manager and it was like i didn't exist yep right? and and so what what we did in mapping that out is we realized well what's right is a contact so by so real estate is an asset centric approach um crm traditional crm modern crm you know any any general crm is contact or company based right yep right. well which is the right one which is the right which is the right centric? They both are. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's funny because when we look back, I, I, I would like to say we did this by design. We, we made this realization and we plotted out and innovated. We actually just kind of dealt with frustration after frustration. Right. And realized, wait a second. And then all of a sudden, like it hit and, and we started getting a response of, oh, wow, we can do this stuff. Mm-hmm. was we realized wait what we did here was we just built the asset centricity yep. into it and and the reason we were able to do that is cuz we didn't pay attention to the quote unquote objects and and we did that initially before custom objects existed so, I, I so remember. this wasn't yeah. just right
2: actually so, i would so, make so, the the argument it was more important we did that before we had custom objects cuz we really had to problem solve how are we going to address all of these issues
1: correct now now here's another example and it's someone that that you know, situations we've done dealt with before, but there's kind of a percolating one right now that this like really, um, staff, by the way, another yeah. a client that we have, right? So you've got marketplace, you got marketplace yep. businesses. What's a marketplace business. It means you're working the demand side and the supply side. So, you know, our client is an auction site. So they're, they're building, they need to build sellers and they need to build buyers. And And by the way, if you look at the underlying value in a marketplace business, which is kind of like a network business, Yep, the more buyers you have, the more value the more valuable you are to sellers. The more sellers you have, the more valuable you are to buyers. So, yep, whatever your product, like eBay used to be the killer app. eBay is not a killer app anymore because all of a sudden they don't have the sellers and the buyers. It's not clear. There's all kind, right? They didn't maintain it. The, the product is higher quality. I'm sure it is. Sure. Right. But it's less valuable. Right. And, and so staffing, staffing's a messy, messy business because I could be I could be a hirer, I could be a job, I could be a candidate, I could be a decision maker, I could be, and, and by the way, I could be one person serving all of those things.
2: You're giving me flashbacks to when we managed a staffing company five, six years right. ago. I
1: I, I can, and, and, and by the way, I've got to, as, as a sales rep, and this is my favorite staffing tactic of all time we combine the desk combined desk means i'm getting jobs and i'm getting recruits candidates yep then that's not working so we split the desk and now we're specialized candidate right and specialized job Um, and then we want to match and like all of these things are going on and and there's there's awareness advertising that we're doing that needs to be tracked. There's job-based advertising that needs to be tracked. There's there's pipeline elements that need to be tracked. There's like all of these things are going on, and and the difficulty is no one says who are the players, what's the job, and so we build these rigid pieces. Um, a company we're working with right now that that is you know, private equity backed, building by by you know acquisition. Is, yep. is a big element. There's there's cross sell opportunities, but 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 so here we have multiple companies that have existed as separate entities. Um, yep. But now they're supposed to talk and and they think about this. Like all of these things are going on, right? And 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 oh, no, by the way, we buy this company which brings a new line of service that we're not known for, and it trades under this brand name. So I'm working with brand name X. And by the way, none of these brands are, are, are brand names. They're all
2: medium-sized,
1: right. B2B, very niche-focused businesses. So I'm working with Company X. This new line of service is being brought to me by Company Y. I'm, I'm using somebody completely disconnected or not using anything for that. Um, the, the line solves a different problem, something that we haven't talked about before. The people in my company that are responsible for that are different right and 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 so i am an existing customer but i'm yeah. also not an existing customer so so by the way now we have you know now it's not actually as simple as new customer new business existing customer new business it's kind of existing customer new business with new customer new business in terms of the motion that you're looking at how do you manage right. that and oh by the way there might also be not just an influencer but a defined influencer so there is a consultant or an advisor or a channel and oh by the way that channel might also be a this and it might also be a that and everyone's going to the they're, they're either you know firing up new tables to account for like every you know little thing right, right. still my favorite is the phone number
2: object oh my god um, <laughs> right
1: and, yeah and oh by the way so like here's a classic mistake Point of contact. Mm-hmm. Remember the point of contact object. I do. <laughs> so the underlying idea, of the point of point of contact object, isn't as bad as it looks. Right now, they didn't use it this way, but right in in this interaction, I'm wearing this hat. I am I am I'm the result owner, expert whatever for my company on this. On this, I'm the user. I mean, on something else, why were, you know, the quote unquote decision maker hat over here, I'm now a user. And then on yep. this other thing over there, I'm a champion. And on an implementation over there, I'm an interested bystander. or I'm an impacted. So like all of these things are going on. And so like, I am the primary contact when it comes to this, but right. I'm irrelevant when it comes to that. Right. Right. And And so, we can't like, so, so the reason they did the different object was because of the idea of what that was, right. That it, that I could be different things in different places. Right. But the reason it didn't work was because it's not actually an object. It requires a different function. It requires a floating flexible function because I'm playing yep. different roles in different situations and we need to be able to account. For mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and by the way, that is why we're driving so many people to be self-serve on complex things because look, you know what? I keep trying to explain to you I'm X and you don't seem to be listening to me. And, and, and the reason you're not listening right. to me is because you have a box and you can't fit me into that box. Yep. Right. Because we started off thinking about, okay, what's the configuration? What's our entity relationship diagram, etc. So as, as we match those identities, you know, where we start, if we showed people what we started with, they would probably fire us. Probably, right? <laughs> if if we showed people where we started thinking before we even put the first idea on paper to show somebody, they would definitely fire us because we'd be like, you know, yeah. "There's 117 entities here." Yep, that comes down to five objects. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so what we're doing is we're pulling apart. We're 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 stress testing it. Fewer's better. Simpler is more. All those things are true, but but you've got to operate at at the extremes to work on coming into the middle. And if you don't understand the motion, and by the way, I mean understanding it from this from the standpoint of you start it there in in your investigation process, because so many things get defined. I, I'm, this is my phrase of the day or the phrase of the week. Um, you know, if if you spec out. And ask me to build a concrete ship. My job's to build a concrete ship. My job's not to right. stress test the business requirements. <laughs> right. That that that's why really good technical people build crap. And that's why salespeople hate it. And that's why they don't they don't jump onto it. And that's why adoption doesn't get there. And that's why we have this compliance problem. Because we can't tell a rep what they need to do. Because if a rep can make a sale some other way, they're gonna make the sale that way. Absolutely. And, and they say, And and sometimes they say like, well, we don't have the enforcement to do anything about it. And I mean, I'm a sales guy at the end of the day all the time. And I can't help (laughs) but say, well, I sure hope you don't. (laughs) Right. Because if if we're in sales, the job is to make a sale. The question isn't how do we get you to comply? The question is, why isn't this structure creating value for you to make making the sale easier? So we get out of this compliance mindset. So the reason we get into compliance mindset is because. We haven't laid out this structure. We haven't built – we haven't looked at it from an entity and motion standpoint so that – and this is what I believe because people we talk about parent-child, parent-child, parent-child. And sometimes the parent is the parent and the child is the child. But sometimes the child is the parent, especially when you're talking about – so I've got a parent, a child, a channel. Yeah. Um, and a word of mouth and a marketing attribution in this. So so maybe that maybe it started at the child that led to this that has this happening and oh by the way there's a joint venture that's not really a parent or a child. And and so sometimes I want to look at it through the entity of the corporation. Sometimes I want to look at it through the line of business. Sometimes I want to look at it through the picture of channel. And and sometimes I need five different people that have five different structures all at the same time. Yep. And have you built that flexibility? And more often than not, you haven't. And if you haven't built that flexibility, by the way, flexibility that is also, that also brings constraint, right? So, so yeah. it, it, it's building structure, right? Cause, cause sometimes you'll go to flexibility where you might as well be using a spreadsheet. Right. 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 So, so it's balancing those two things out that get you to that. That data architecture and data structure, I think too often we think of data architecture and data structure as just, you know, what's your ERD? Yeah. What's your data structure? What's your data architecture? And maybe your ERD gets the structure, but what's the architecture? Well, here's my ERD. Okay, no, 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 no. That that that's a deliverable that comes from the architecture.
2: Right, right. right.
1: But but what are we building?
2: Well, and I think so. What you said around if if uh, clients see what we started with, they they likely would not be very happy, Um, really spurred a thought for me and a step that I think a lot of people miss when we're talking about putting together an ERD, which is really talking through these things. So I think, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into and we put it on paper and and all of the arrows point to other places. So, okay, that'll work because I can get everything to point to something and, and... but we don't actually talk through, okay, how is this used? Um, you know, our, like, and and where are people going to work from? And what are those, mo- like, like actually having a conversation to poke holes into pieces and really say, okay, well, we have a site object, site or a location object. How's that going to be used? And do we actually need that? And why will the company object handle and,
1: that? And, 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 you know, this will be fresh for you. Cause, cause we're, we're implementing one of the larger, more complicated implementations. And I don't know how you feel right now. I feel like, you know, we are as in control, like right, like right now, if everything would be this good.
2: I mean, I'm also terrified because of that, but well, yeah. Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that that's the first indication that something really big is about to go wrong. But but if you remember our contact, who's, who's both very happy right now, but he also shared, he's very, very scared. Oh, yeah. And, and he's scared because we haven't talked to his IT and data team. Yet. Right. Now, here's what: If you do these things and you don't consider the stuff we talked about, what you just said, 100% on point. But if you're talking about the data structure, mm-hmm. the, the relationship diagram, before you're talking about the motion, then you oh, I agree. won't yeah. help. Like, you, you you've put glasses on. And so you're yes. going to start seeing things through that. So, so while on one hand, yes, there's a company object in HubSpot. There's a company object. There's a contact object. There's a deal object. We know we're going to use an accounts object or something like that. We know if you're doing resale, we're going to do an account plan object. It's like we know those things are yeah. as close to givens as possible. And and this is also why we separate function to a degree. We have. You know, we have we have a business process focused team. We have a CRM process focused team. But we start there, and and so like I have to go in when I begin. Like if I'm running this conversation, I go in on the assumption that we're not using any of those, right? But of course, I know we're using those, and and that's why that's why this be, you know that's why we can do this in in weeks, and it doesn't take months or years, right? Yeah. But but I still have to have that like what I'm looking for even though I might know what a core element of the solution is is what's different here so that we can make sure that we're accommodating this cuz cuz by the way what it associates with or doesn't associate with where what what drives off of other things those are all the elements that don't get represented in a diagram that that are the yeah. difference between Does your sales team, and and, and remember the problem with database, the problem you go to digital is digital is inherently zeros and ones. Right. Humans are whatever the opposite of that is. So data are zeros and ones and humans are furniture. I don't know. I just, they're fruit. They're whatever. They're gray. They're gray. No, gray. not no, because <laughs> grace is, grace is between zero and one. Okay, what I'm saying You're is,
2: not
1: even... they don't fit. They're and, and when you, okay. and when you look at go to market, see mm-hmm. we're in such this efficiency trap. We're 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 efficiency obsessed. By the way, one of the reasons that we're efficiency obsessed is because we're lazy. It it <laughs> it's why we're able to talk. It's why we're able to walk. You know, the reason that we're able to walk on, the reason that we have the brains that we have is because we learned how to walk on two feet and walking on two feet takes fewer calories than walking on four. No, this is no, this is like, this is science, Jess. I know it's crazy coming from me, but it's, it's science that, that excess capacity of energy is what allowed our brain to develop unique of any other animal. Right. Our, our core brain is the same as any reptile. Right. So, so those are the things that, so our brain is uh, Daniel Kahneman's um, studies show this. We're inherently lazy. We want to find efficiencies, So we keep shooting efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Right. And so efficiency says, put you in this box. Right. right. And value. So efficiency is eliminate variance. And, and by the way, zeros and ones have no variance between zeros and ones. Yeah, there's variance the variance is only between zero and one right there's still only so much right. variance and 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 by the way once you have data like th- this is why these large language models what's the word um hallucinate i like that they're, they're hallucinating
2: <laughs> i haven't heard that before so, so, so,
1: so <laughs> have, have you heard the story about the lawyer who used chat gpt to write their brief and so yes. it cited cases we we had um actually somebody that we're going to get to announce soon um, was doing something on GPT and asked for some quotes that came from certain texts. And it turned out it made up the quotes, right? The the reason for it is that that first off it's not thinking secondly, everything exists between zero and one. And thirdly, what it's, what it's programmed to do what the large language model is programmed to do is to give you what you ask for. So I ask you to put this together, citing cases, well, it doesn't know real or different. It's literally just what largest language model means is guess the next word. Yep. Right. Yeah. See, see, so what any lo- what any data model will do, do you know what data models do ex- extraordinarily well? They predict the past. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything is based on the past. and And maybe it's because I was in financial services for several years and I had to say infinite number of times past performance does not indicate future results, which by the right. way is not true. Yeah. Past performance does indicate future results, but humans are unique because we'll skip. Right. We'll, you know what? I'm sick of this and we'll just change. <laughs> I'll go from being a smoker to like one day I'll stop smoking. Yeah. The, you know, I'll be Aaron, Ariana Huffington and I'll be one of the most reactionary people and then I'll get divorced and become one of the most progressive people. I forget <laughs> he was married to Michael Huffington. He was crazy before crazy was a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, in in the world of politics, but anyways, right? So like that that kind of flip is what happens. And when you're delivering go to market, we talk about differentiation. We talk about distinction. Differentiate or die. Well, differentiation is variance. Yeah. And so if your architecture and model doesn't embrace variance, n- rapid evolution, rapid change, dynamic elements, then. You're restricting everything and you're actually killing value, which is why the sales rep now doesn't adopt it because Mm -hmm. you're now making my job harder to do what I'm going to get hired or fired for. Not easy.
2: I agree. That's probably like the biggest learning I've had from having worked here and worked with sales teams and worked on setting up databases is is like you, you need to be able to embrace that variance within, within reason.
1: So, so I loved, succession. And, and I loved the guesses as the guesses started coming from succession. (laughs) And, and I, and I was listening to Kara Swisher's, um, her her podcast. Yeah. Her individual podcast, not pivot. I'm going blank
2: on it. Oh, not
1: Sway. Sway was, um, anyways, doesn't matter. And, and so she, she did a podcast, you know, after each episode, she had a podcast where they interviewed the guests. So again, so, so she, they like, she was talking with writers and, and, and the producers and everything as, as, as things were going. And of course that, that prediction that came out because of Tom Wobbs gabs or whatever the hell his name is, because he has the same last name as the third baseman for the whomever in 1920, who turned the only unassisted triple play. So I'm predicting he, and everyone's like, Oh my God, did you see that? She was right. She was right. Oh my God. Look at that. She, and, and Kara Switch loved it on. She's like, yeah, yeah she, no, she wasn't right. I mean, she gets the right outcome, but for the wrong reasons, it had nothing, Right. It, it, on and on and on. So it's so like we can get, like, I might come into it. I'm going to go through this process that I just talked about. Even if I end up at the exact place where the initial guess was, that doesn't mean that the process didn't do anything. If I didn't go through that process, even though I have, quote unquote, the same setup, it's not going to have the same functionality. Um, and th- so this is my last thought. This is all about system design. Right. And, and we have to remember with system design, we start off with empathy, a comprehensive, holistic understanding of the situation, the inputs, the stakeholders, the objectives. Then we go to hypothesis. And what we need to realize in system design with hypothesis is that is the verge. Yep, we have to break everything apart that allows us to see different things. That's what allows us to stress test that enables us to analyze. Then we synthesize, bring it together into its whole. That's how you manage complex systems right? And when you skip the divergent part, see, mm-hmm. what happens is we get the most powerful person's opinion first. So we synthesize, then we pretend to diverge, but everyone's already been influenced. So when you talk about your your data architecture, your data model, your data structure, that is the synthesis of the process. That is the, that is the deliverable of the synthesis of the design process. So if you start there you're at best diverging from the synthesis to synthesize. And what I want to emphasize is while what we just said sounds really complicated and it is, it doesn't mean it takes a long time. I would make the, I would make a very strong argument that it's actually a higher velocity approach. You'll you'll actually get to your outcome far, far, far faster.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: In a future episode, we should probably get a little bit more into the tactics of what we do to build out that architecture. But I really feel like if, if we didn't, Like, would you agree with me that if we, if the companies that we work with understood what we talked about here, everything else would be 10 times easier, Oh, would work 10 times better?
2: Cause I mean, we do have some that where there are people there who get it and it is much easier to get that buy-in, to get that understanding of what we're trying to do and what the end game is. I mean, so, so really two key takeaways, um, you know, it's all about the business motions. By the way, you said we talk about business process. I find myself saying motions far, far more these days than talking about process because I think it's a it's a better descriptor of it of what we're actually referring to or what I'm referring that, that, to.
1: That's because you get to talk to them as we're onboarding and after we onboarded them.
2: Correct. Correct. Um, and then, really, what are the you know who are the players? Who, what are the roles? Um, as as we're starting to map things out
1: and, and what you have to understand with players here is it's the concept of players it's right. not not it's the, not the not physical people. person or the like this company could be four different things are you adequately accounting for that in the various situations
2: yep. that you have yep i'll look forward to a future episode where we talk about the tactics
1: until then jess
0: yeah until next time thanks everybody And that's a wrap on this episode of The Rev Op Show. If you are still listening... Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart and our hearts for watching and listening and interacting with us and just letting us do this every week and have so much fun bringing you new episodes every week. It really has been such a fun journey and we're not looking to stop anytime soon. So, exactly. With that in mind, one piece... That Doug mentioned during this episode that I wanna share that stuck out with me is that fewer is better and simpler is more. Operate at the extreme and work to bring it inward. I feel like that could go for not only data structure, but a lot of things in the business world. So keep that in mind. If you did enjoy this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us um, leave us a review and share the episode. It would mean a lot to us. We love hearing what you have to say about the show. And if you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about your data structure or data architecture or anything related to RevOps, email me at hannah at or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.